Hello and welcome to episode two of Chewing the Fat with me, Phil Cobley, and my co-host, Adam Furman. How are you, Adam? Very good. Haven't come off a night shift, so feeling normal <laughs> this time. Yeah, you're, you are looking decidedly more awake than you did in episode one. Yeah, and no man flu issues this time as well, so all good. How are you, my friend? Uh, I am... Uh, yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I'm a little bit tired. I won't lie. Um, was back in the classroom all last week. Um, that was knackering. That was tiring. Uh, forgot how tiring classroom work can be. Yeah. Um, and then a, a long weekend. So <laughs> it's it's been busy. Um, but yeah, generally okay. Thank you. Generally okay. Any uh, any alcohol involved over the weekend? Uh, there was uh, there within uh, proportion. Um, it was, you know, uh, measured amounts. Um, so celebrating the, the uh, us being allowed to go and actually have a drink indoors. Yeah, and so and thanks to this British weather, what what a godsend because the weather here refuses to sort of acknowledge that summer exists. So being allowed to have a drink inside, yeah. Like, Exactly, exactly. Here we are, like, what's this, the 24th of May is where we're recording this, and I think today, both where you are and where I am, uh, it's just been on-off rain all day. Yeah. Um, it's just been miserable. But, hey-ho, it's Britain for you, right? Exactly, we, we like to have something <laughs> to moan about, so... so we love talking about the weather, and we love moaning, so... Yeah. Yeah, there we go, there we go. Um, but everything else okay with you? Anything exciting going on in your life? Um, I received notification at the weekend that a judge's commendation for my old law enforcement days. Um, I think it was supposed to be last year, but thanks to our, our good friend COVID got in the way. But um, but yeah, that was a nice nice nod. It was a very worthwhile job that I worked on. Very enjoyable one. Um, but unfortunately, I can't go to the awards evening because I'm, I'm down in Redden. Teaching oh, and training course, but, um, that that sucks. But but congratulations, that's that's yeah. awesome. That's an amazing achievement. Uh, was it for for a job that you did? It job? is. Um, I don't know how much I can talk about it. I know it's been. The, you don't the have to mention the details. But, but yeah, um, yeah, I worked alongside the cyber team at Norfolk and Suffolk. Who um, one gentleman there did a, a an amazing job on the investigation side of things. So. I tip my hat to him. I just assisted him to help get the job over the line. Um, but yeah, it was very good. A, a sort of a sneaky one. Um, virtual machines inside a MacBook, and yeah, it was, it was good fun. It it was different to the norm. So fair, fair. Oh, that's well done, mate. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I, I mean, personally, I've I've done nothing anywhere near as exciting as that. Um, although. Though, I will quickly say this before we crack on. You know, I'll say this because you're a gamer like I'm a gamer, right? Um, I've been stupidly excited recently because of the release of Mass Effect Legendary Wait. Edition. Yeah. Oh my god, I've been so excited. I'm such a Mass Effect groupie and uh, yeah, I have I have sunk a few hours into that in my evenings. I, I was literally just about to say... Did you manage to get a copy and then haven't had a chance to even open it? That's what I thought. <laughs> I it's I never pre-order anything. Um, I normally I'm normally that guy that waits until it has a discount price yeah. <laughs> like a little while later. Um, but uh, yeah, I actually pre-ordered it 
um, and made sure it was downloaded on release day. Um, and and yeah, I've even last week when I was teaching, um, I'd get back kind of like six, half six in the evening. I'd kind of have some dinner, finish mopping up some work. Even at like half nine, ten o'clock, I'd just be like, I'm I'm I've put, I'm doing an hour. I'm doing an hour yeah. before I go to bed. Well, I've got to. You may receive a judge's commendation for that that commitment. <laughs> the way I play, definitely not. Um, <laughs> you saw what it was like a war zone. I, I suck. Uh, <laughs> I can't play much. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a story for another day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Uh, anyway, right, we better get on because we have we have got very full. Uh, episode this week uh, very full session uh, loads of stuff to talk about uh, and we're going to try and not overrun like we did in episode one yeah um, we can't really get away with the two episodes in a row no I don't think um, so uh, we have a load of industry news that we're going to blitz through um, we've got a few articles um, and a few bits and pieces, a few releases and stuff that we're going to be talking about very briefly, kind of let everybody know about. And everything that we mentioned, we will obviously put the links in the descriptions um, so that you can, can access it later on. Um, so we've got some really cool stuff um, to talk about in the news. Um, and then we've got uh, our topic, which we couldn't realistically ignore, could we, Adam? No, no, um, it's... It's something that the industry has had to come together for, but um, but yeah, yeah. I don't think people will be surprised. No, no. So we're we're going to be talking about some of the the the, the things that have rocked the boat uh, in the industry over the last few weeks. Um, so we've uh, with the likes of Signal and Celebrate, um, and some of the, the the things that have happened there. But we're we're looking at it from from an industry perspective, um, and the. Uh, impact it's had on the industry and and all the vendors uh, and all the investigators um, have a look at talk about standards with that and also start looking at a new standards document that um, SANS helped pull together which is a industry-wide collaboration uh, which was awesome um, and we had a rather special guest uh, with us earlier didn't we Adam? We did um, Grace yeah. <laughs> go on. Yeah, go on. Do you want us to say now, or are we going to introduce later? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? So it's Heather Mahalik joined us um, from Sailbright and Sands. Um, she was one of the co-authors of the the Sands validation document. So she she came in to sort of have a chat about why that was put together, um, where people can get access to it, and she also let us know a couple of places where they'll be discussing it on live sort of webcast so yeah it's great Absolutely. to have her pop along yes it was really really good of her to uh, to give up her time i know how busy she is um and how many kind of different things she's involved with so um yeah we, we managed to get a little bit brief uh, pre-recording uh with her earlier which was great fun um and she even allowed us to record a couple of forensic faux pas that she was willing to share as well so we'll we'll put we'll splice them into the show at the end um that section which was great um but yeah really important topic that i think everyone has been talking about um and one that i don't think we can ignore i think it's right to talk about it i think it's right yeah. to discuss it 
um, but also look at some of the real positives that have come out of it um, for the industry and kind of showing how everyone's come together and basically kind of a, a joint effort to kind of come out of it um, yeah. uh, a little bit better than when we went in. Definitely. I think. Hmm. So that's cool. Um, first and foremost, though, um, Adam and I were having a chat um, earlier and we just wanted to say a massive thank you to everybody who's written in and spoken to us and sent us messages and comments and everything um, since episode one um, I think it's fair to say don't you think that the response was awesome yeah it, yeah I think it it blew the pair of us away didn't it and it sort of just helped Phil and I justify why we're, we're spending our time doing this is that we did want to help the industry and just to hear that things like imposter syndrome and things are, are out there, you know, and other people feel the same. And we even had um, a person reach out to say that they'd use some of our examples in the job interview that they went for. So those sort of things are, are great to hear. And yeah, we just want to keep giving back to the community. So yeah, absolutely. It was um, it was so nice for people to kind of even just leave in comments on like the YouTube channel um, after watching the video and. Uh, if you, I've, I've tried to reply to everybody <laughs> who's left a comment. I've tried to put a reply and, and thank you all, but, um, but yeah, just just please keep keep letting us know how things are going. Let us know what you think and and any thoughts. And um, we've had a couple of people reach out and offer to come on the show, which is awesome. And thank you. Um, and if there's any topics you want us to discuss as well, we've had. Um, I don't think we're going to have time for it in today's episode. Um, we'll briefly mention it later on, uh, but we had a number of people from the from UK law enforcement ask us to look at the recent bit of legislation that was released about the forensic science regulator in the UK and them getting statutory powers um, and, and the impact that is going to have, um, which I think is an awesome topic that we could probably yeah. bundle into kind of uh, not just the UK, but kind of internationally like forensic standards and legal um, powers and stuff around imposing such standards. Yeah. Um, so, uh, see, and that was a that was a subject that people wrote into us and asked us to look at. So, um, yeah, please, we'll probably put it in a later episode. But please yeah. keep writing into us and telling us the things that you're interested in. Uh, we're doing this for you. Uh, we enjoy doing it, uh, yeah. and we'll keep enjoy we'll keep doing it while there are people who want to hit listen and, yeah. and kind of. Uh, and we, what we've got to say and we think we've covered most of the podcast platforms that people want us to put the content out on um, mm -hmm. again and we we didn't actually mention the email address last time did we we, we didn't we didn't um, what what is our email address <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> the email address <laughs> is podcast dot ctf so chewing the fat so just dot ctf at gmail.com so podcast.ctf at gmail.com. There we go. Yeah, so nice and simple, nice and straightforward. It's a way for you to get hold of us if you need to. Um, I'll promise I'll try to remember it next time. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's one of those days. <laughs> well, it wasn't until we got round to actually planning this episode where I said to Phil, we didn't actually mention the email address. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, apologies for that, but uh, please, we'll we'll put it in the description as well, so you've got a link to it and everything. Um, so if you want to drop us an email, then do feel free. Yeah. Um, please don't spam us. Yeah. 
<laughs> and, <laughs> That'd be unfortunate. And also, apologies for the way the show notes look on Spotify. That is out of our control. Um, we space them accordingly, and you can see that on the ACAST website, or I think Apple and Amazon both display them properly, but Spotify just made a complete mess. So if you, if you want to see links, go to ACAST or another platform. Uh, yes, that's a very good point. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that. Um, yeah, we can only do what we can do with the tools, uh, but we did try to make it look nice and formatted properly, and yeah, Spotify just went, eh, uh, yeah. eh. <laughs> here's some text. I'll strip out all your formatting. Yeah. Um, but there we go. There we go. Um, okay, right. Shall we uh, crack on uh, with some industry news? Yeah. I, d I genuinely want a, a. I want a chime or something. I want a. I want a, a mock news beat that we're going to put yeah. on at some point. Uh, we need to need to sort something like that out. Even even if I got a kazoo and started like doing the tune or something to like a news program or something. I don't know. Don't I'm going to get you a kazoo now. You're going to get me a kazoo. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. De okay. Definitely, yeah. and. Um, my son got bought some by his auntie, and uh, my wife will happily get rid of them out of our house for you to have. <laughs> no, 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 no. What I think should happen is I shouldn't be sent the kazoo. I think you should use the kazoo. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> you could use the kazoo, and I'll read out the news. There you go. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> fair trade, right? <laughs> the way that shifted. I <laughs> uh, see. That's that's the old sergeant in me. You see, yeah. the old kind yeah. of like, no, no, it's. Um, I'll take your problem and I'll return it to you. <laughs> yeah, rolls downhill, as they say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like the the trainer thing, isn't it? The, someone asking you a question, you go, yeah, but what do you think? Think, yeah. yeah. Tell me the answer. Yeah, I'm gonna flip this on you because I don't really know the answer. <laughs> I need time to research this myself. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> right, let's get back to the news. Yeah, let's get back to the news. Right, first, first things first. And I'm, I'm, this video is going to come out terribly because I'm swinging on my chair. I can see that now. Oh, you've noticed we got rid of the green screens on this one. Um, we have gone for au naturel um, in, in our... I'm in my home office uh, and Adam's over in, in the MSAB Reading office. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we decided to ditch the green screens. We're going to give this a try. See what we think. Let us know what you think. Do you prefer it when we had the green screens? We just found it a bit of a faff. Yeah, um, and... As we mentioned at the start of the show, with having guests on, we can't expect them to have green screens, and then it yeah. would look strange on the formatting. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. Please do let us know what you think. But we've just thought now we'll we'll try it without the green screens, and and it is so yeah. much easier not having to pull up the damn thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, cool. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'll try not to swing on my chair too much. So, industry news. First things first, quick shout out to our friend Josh, Josh Hickman. Um, he has released another um, uh, Android image, a new blog um, uh, called The State of Android Health Data Part 1, which to me, investigative brain on, suggests there's going to be a part two. Yeah, I, I'd agree with you there. <laughs> you think? Yeah. Um, cunning, as cunning as a fox. Yeah. Um, wearing a hat saying I am cunning uh, so that's looking at like, uh, health data sorry um, and he talks about the different um, 
operating systems and some of the proprietary operating systems like Garmin and, and things and how uh, a number of vendors are moving over to uh, a standardized kind mm. of operating system, the where Wear OS is becoming where, I think. Yeah. Um, so Just another uh, really interesting and, and detailed piece by Josh once again, really. So yeah. definitely uh, worth checking that out. Absolutely. So please do, um, well, again, we'll put the link uh, in the description, but please go and check that out and, and show him all your support and all your love. Josh, we love what you do. Thank you. Keep it up. Um, amazing stuff. Um, there was an article you flagged up uh, that you wanted to mention uh, about Rabbit Hole. Yeah, it, it was more, uh, there's a piece of software made by a very talented Alex Caithness at CCL, mm -hmm. um, which was originally called Ribbon, um, a sort of data decoder. Mm -hmm. um, fantastic tool. And I was, Alex got me, I was on a course, um, Alex was teaching Python, and he gave me a first look at Ribbon in its sort of infancy and asked my impressions, and I loved it. And he was telling me how he wanted to call the tool rabbit hole. And he wanted yeah. to do that because it was when you're investigating a plist within a database and then within that plist there's another embedded plist and, you know, so the saying, the rabbit hole. Yeah. And obviously he wasn't allowed to call it that. So <laughs> it's just been re-released and rebranded with some improvements and he's finally got to call it rabbit hole. So that's why I wanted to mention that is that well done, Alex. You finally got your tool out there and called what you want. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so I think it's a really good idea to, to put a mention of it. Um, they've got a, a little PDF document that's out now, yeah. um, which tells you a little bit about it. Again, we'll have the link down below. Um, really great tool. Uh, when I was actually uh, teaching last week with uh, Control Lab, um, doing a smartphone app forensics course, um, had a very quick look um, at a demo version of it. Um, and yeah, it was passing like level DBs and stuff, and just kind of, it was doing a ribbon plus, yeah, you know, um, as you would expect. So, um, yeah, please do go check that one out. Um, it is a really, really, really good tool. So, uh, Alex, again, uh, thank you for all that you do for the industry. You do do an awful lot. So, yeah, and great and stuff. on the back of on the back of that, talking about another data decoding tool, is. I was saying to Phil earlier that I'm really surprised the amount of students that come on MSAB courses that have never heard of CyberChef, which has been created by GCHQ here in the UK. It's a website where you can download an offline version for decoding things like Base64, and um, it's a really good little tool, and the best part, it's free. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, do we, we have a link for that, don't we, or do we not? I, I can't see one of that. my notes. Yeah. Yes, we get a link for that. Um, yeah, yeah um, to echo, like as I said, CyberChef, great tool. Go have a look, um, have a bit of a play. Um, yeah, very, very good one, that one. Um, so what else is going on in the industry? Uh, we had an uh, announcement with Detego partnering with MSAB. Yeah. Um, so you've got the computer forensics of... Uh, Tago and, and kind of the mobile forensics of MSAB partnering up for some kind of venture, which was all quite exciting. Yeah, um, great for simplify, simplifying things, keeping it in one one place. So yeah, absolutely. Um, what else we got? We've got uh, there was an interesting article again that you, you flagged up, um, and this kind of a, almost like a theme of, of kind of articles that kind of came out um, on the BBC. Um, 
and I know that the BBC is read kind of globally by a lot of a lot of people. Um, but there was an article on should encryption be curbed to combat child abuse. Um, yeah, so it's sort of referencing the whole end-to-end encryption and mm-hmm. whether that's a good thing, which obviously for users' privacy it is, but then you also expect the law enforcement to catch the bad guys. So, you yeah. know, it was just a really interesting article. Um, and it was sort of coming from the Internet Watch Foundation, sort of the work that they do and how they're funded by the, the tech industry. Mm. But yeah, just yeah. A, definitely worth including in the notes, I thought. Yeah, I think so. Cause it, it, it really highlighted that kind of uh, a real difficult debate because you, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah. Um, and yes, you've got to protect people's privacy and you, you've got to consider, uh, we're lucky, we're quite lucky in this country, but you've got to consider other countries where, where there are kind of people are oppressed, there are kind of uh, regimes that kind of do um, abuse their, their citizens. Yeah. Um, and so data privacy is really, really important for so many people, especially those in, in such environments. But then when you look at law enforcement, you've got people, you know, victims of crime and, um, you know, the, the general public expecting policing and, and intelligence services to be able to keep everybody safe, and protect them from organized yeah. crime groups and things with encryption. If, if there aren't any ways of getting around to that encryption, um, with the way that encryption is increasing in strength and and, uh, and how the challenges of getting access to encrypted data is increasing. Yeah. The ability to investigate that criminality and prosecute those people responsible for criminality is getting more and more difficult. Um, so it's it's really difficult balance. Um, yeah. I don't know what the answer is, uh, but it's definitely a debate that will go on, I think. Yeah, I can't see it ending anytime soon. Um, obviously, WhatsApp has had end-to-end encryption for some time, and yeah, um, your, yeah, WhatsApp, Telegram, Signal—they're all yeah. kind of end-to-end. Uh, this was all kicked off because Facebook talking about end-to-end for Messenger, and um, yeah, it's it's just becoming more of a challenge. I th- the thing is, when when you get things like quantum computing coming in, obviously, current day t- encryption versus quantum computing is kind of, yeah. eh. um, and then you've got. Uh, who was it? Um, Google announced the other day that uh, within the next ten years they will be re- they sh- they believe they can release the first commercially available quantum computer for daily use. Yeah. And when that happens, current encryption practices and theory is just gone yeah. out the door. Um, and then we're on to quantum encryption. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then that's just. I, where does I it know. stop? We could, we could have an entire podcast just about this. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, that but that article from the BBC spe- uh, specifically talking about encryption and uh, tackling child abuse. Yeah. Um, so quite an interesting article there. Um, we had another um, article as well. Um, well, it's a, a, a paper that was released by, uh, was it the um, University of New South Wales? It was, yeah. Uh, in no, Sydney? No, no. Um, and that's the impacts of COVID-19 on the risk of online child sexual exploitation yeah sort of how COVID has increased that risk um, because obviously people are having to work from home or they don't have access to the tools they don't have you know 
you can't access this sort of material working from home. You, you wouldn't want to. That, that's not a secure environment for you to be assessing that content, to have support. Um, so uh, has but, that... For, clar for clarity, we're talking about the investigators trying to investigate, not exactly. people trying yeah. to access. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for clarity. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> not, talking about the investigation to... side of things. Yeah. Um, and, and has that in, impacted the investigate? you know, the investigation part of it? And um, yeah, it, it's it's a thoroughly interesting read, and um, we've we've linked out to the PDF of that paper. So yes, yeah, um, yeah, it's a very very interesting read actually. So do do go and have a look at that. Um, there was another piece that um, you wanted to mention about an ex colleague of yours. Yeah, so an ex colleague of mine um, from the Norfolk Suffolk. Digital Forensic Unit has written a piece of software for Project Vic exports, so for CAD in the UK. Um, uh, CAD in the UK being the Child Abuse uh, Investigation Database? Yes. 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 I got that right. So, yeah. um, obviously, my ex-colleague wrote in saying that he needed to debug some exports and, and digging into those, sometimes they were massive. Um, the piece of software that he's written looks through the case details on an export, media items, media files, and does validation to make sure that when you import it into your grading tool or up to, to the K database that the required details are there and you're not going to get any errors. And um, I know my ex-colleague reached out to Cade and Project Vic who recommended that he got in touch with forensic vend tool vendors to sort of include it in their product um, yeah. and things like that. I know MSAB have looked at it and are looking um, to potentially adopt it into our tool or at least reference people to it in case they're coming up to issues with, with their sort of CAD exports. But okay. please feel free to reach out to us here at the podcast and I can put you in touch with my ex-colleague who's more than happy to share this piece of software because if it helps you do an export with zero errors, then it's a good thing and um, he's more than willing to share it. So Awesome. Another fine example of uh, community coming together, supporting one another. Yeah, love it. Definitely. Love it. Um, fantastic. And that was called Cascade. Was Cascade, it? yeah. Very. Mm. Yeah. I can see what you did there with the name. <laughs> it's like slot that in there. Yeah. Ten tenuous links and stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then our final uh, final article that I was going to mention was the. Uh, Microsoft and UK government make it easier for public sector to use Azure. Um, yeah. But I think we decided, yeah, I think we decided we were going to shelve that for another podcast, that kind of topic, aren't we? Yeah, because um, like we we said prior to recording that this is potentially a, a whole podcast in itself, and Phil and I were discussing how a mobile phone will literally just be a client that accesses a super duper computer in the cloud and you basically decide how many dials you turn up to 10. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my, might be a very controversial view, and by, by all means, feel free to, to write in and, and complain about me. But um, <laughs> um, my personal view is that in, you know, probably before we get to that quantum computing thing with Google, but uh, over the coming years, acquisition forensics especially for mobile devices is going to peter off and it's going to become a thing of the past 
um, or it's only going to happen with things like burner phones and, and kind of those lower end devices. Um, mm. And the majority of devices are going to be, like you say, like dumb clients that you just kind of use as, as, a, as a portal into mm. a software service or cloud service of some sort, yeah. some sort where the data will be stored. So rather than doing data acquisition on physical devices, you'll be doing law enforcement will be doing almost data requests to these companies yeah. to request the data and then law enforcement will mostly do analysis of data as opposed to acquisition of data. Yeah. Um, that's my personal opinion of where things will probably end up going. I might be wrong. Um, but, that, but, but that's yeah. why we've said that you know we could dedicate a whole podcast to this. The, the article, in essence, is just about how Microsoft and the UK government have made it easier for the UK to procure using that platform. Um, and obviously yeah. the you know, AWS, IBM, that there's a lot of players in in this industry. Um, mm. But it's just, you know, now the UK government are coming on board with using cloud, that that change is going to come soon, I, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Um, right. Fantastic. Um, to avoid us getting on, going on a tangent and talking about that subject, uh, <laughs> let's move on to our uh, topic piece, I think. Um, yeah. As you say, all those news, news articles, links, all in, in the description. Um, and if you want to kind of touch base with us uh, about any of those, then please do let us know. Um, there's loads of other stuff going on, but we just don't have time to cover it, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, so our, our topic. Um, did you want to introduce our topic for our listeners, Adam? So yeah, so the first topic we're going to cover is the six steps to mobile validation that has been put together by SANS and the entire industry, really. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, what I think we should do is, because we did have Heather in to talk about this, um, so I think we'll we'll cut over and have a look at what she had to say. Right, we're on. <laughs> we are being recorded. Um, so everyone, we are absolutely honoured to be graced with the amazing <laughs> presence of uh, Heather Mahalik um, of, of Sands and Celebrate. Wonderful to have you here. Thank you ever so much for joining us in your, with your busy schedule that I know you have. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Um, no, it's, it's honestly our pleasure. Um, so uh, we, we're really excited to kind of hear you talk about um, the recent project you've been working on with pretty much everyone, <laughs> I think. I think it's pretty much everyone um, on the six steps to successful mobile validation uh, for mobile forensics with SANS. Um, I mean, how did, how did this project come about? Tell us a little bit about it. Tell us what what was going on with it? Sure. So honestly, it was probably about two years ago, Jessica Hyde and I wanted to do a talk together at Techno Security, but it was kind of odd, if that's what you want to call it, to people because we are celebrating Magnet and we are going to talk together. So it didn't go over well. That's what how I'll put it. And we still wanted to collaborate. And then the Formobile project, <laughs> you know, like all these things were happening and Mike and Jess and I all working together, like three different companies working very well. 
And I feel like with all the things coming to light on, this mm -hmm. can be hacked and this can happen and all these bad things are going to happen. I'm like, forensically, we should form a bond and tell people what the truth is, but make it easy. Because things like case and formable, it's really in depth mm -hmm. and it can intimidate a lot of law enforcement. So something yeah. that's just, okay, this is going to make me feel more confident if I have to testify. I can follow these steps. And we wanted it to be easy, approachable, and from the community. And honestly, when I first reached out, I talked to Jess and I said, will you do this? And she's like, with Sam's? Yeah, I can do this. This is great. So then I started approaching others and asking others like, hey, will you approach Belkasoft? Will you approach Oxygen? And everyone said yes. I thought everyone would say no. We thought we would have five authors and then we had like 15. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. So we prepared for the worst yes, and the best outcome and now it's fantastic because I actually made a joke with Lee Reber from Oxygen. I was like, celebrate Sam's magnet and Oxygen are in a room. What can happen? <laughs> but it's like, it's amazing because we're all sharing <laughs> amazing insight. And finally, a community coming together, dropping anything on what we represent outside of what we care about. And I think that's really important. We all care about the same thing. So that's what really matters. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's such a, a fantastic initiative, and like you say, to have all those forensic providers and, and vendors kind of all working collaboratively after a bit of a shakeup in the industry, yeah. I suppose, recently, um, and just basically saying, no, you know what, this industry, we're all in it together. We're all Stick together. Yeah. yeah, you know, we're 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 going to fight this and push this, and we're actually going to prove to you just how. Uh, trustworthy our tools are and how much we're doing this for law enforcement and investigators um, so and, and to simplify it. like Heather said that that's the main thing is showing people that it's not difficult hmm. and the agreed standards can help simplify it for everybody and that there's no point everyone creating the same document and redoing mm -hmm. the same work so the fact that everyone has come together is the best approach. Yeah, and it's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Belkasoft so, um, reached no, out to Sands yesterday saying, hey, can we put this on our website? And they should. Like, it's fantastic. We want everyone to share it and spread the word. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look You look at the list. Uh, I mean, I'm just looking at it now, just on my other screen. You've kind of, like you say, you've got Celebrate, Magnet, MSAB, Oxygen, Grayshift, Belkasoft, Paraburn, Elkinsoft, and obviously Sands, kind of all pooling resources and uh, kind of giving giving their time um, to create this, what is actually turned out to be a really good document as well, a really good set of standards. Um, so, I mean, if, if people are interested, if they're, how, how do they get hold of this? If, you know, if our listeners oh, are yeah. like, that sounds so cool. So it's pretty easy. Do? You is can, there any way particularly? Yeah, you could go to the SANS reading room, but I think the easiest way to do it is just Google six steps to mobile validation, SANS, and it will pop up. And you may hit vendor sites, I know, Belkasoft is putting it on their site. I think Elkomsoft may have it already. Um, other vendors may start posting it, but you'll hit it immediately. And it's a PDF, and you download it, you'll see all the vendor icons. And we'll be discussing it at two events coming up. So it'll be nice to actually hear us break it down and what it means to us, and then how to apply it. And I hope we disagree. That's the mm -hmm. cool thing about it. I hope we throw out different situations and different scenarios where you hear oh, in this type of case, I would never do this, but in this one, I would do X instead. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it, it needs to be challenged mm -hmm. so that it can be robust. Yes. Um, and, and it needs to be scrutinized so that it, you know people have trust in it. So yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I, think, 
sort of the, the biggest thing in the UK that we're seeing, Heather, is the, the differentiator between a sub suspect victim and a witness. How you deal with those different types of handset, you know, and it's good to see it all covered in that document. Yes. And you know what? That's a fantastic topic yeah. for us to no, cover absolutely. during our first webcast. So you d you mentioned some uh, webcasts when we were talking beforehand. Uh, what what is going on? <laughs> what events are there? So Techno Security, um, June eighth. You want to talk? Sure. So Techno Security, June eighth. Mm -hmm. We are going to be doing a live webcast sponsored by SANS. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to run late, unfortunately, 6.30 in the evening Eastern time. But we still have Christoph and Mattia joining at like 1 in the morning, their time, which is amazing. And I think there's nine of us. It's dedication. Yes, nine of us mm -hmm. hopping on. And we're going to break down the beginning of the document. <laughs> so more mobile device handling, how not to mess the device up, different scenarios like you were just saying, Adam. Like, what if it's a cooperating victim versus a suspect in a homicide. You would probably handle their devices differently based upon what you have legal authority to yeah. do. So we're gonna cover those topics. And then round two is going to be live from the Deeper Summit, which is a free event. And you should attend some of the best talks I think at any conference. And I am biased, of course, but it is, it's all fresh topics, all fresh talks. And we are right after lunch <laughs> on day one. That way anyone in Europe can attend as well. And it's virtual. So there's really no reason not to attend. And we're going to be talking more about when you have to verify, when you have to validate, and when you should use more than one tool. Because sometimes you don't have to. Like if you're in MSAB and you're in examine, yeah. and you can validate with an examine, you don't have to get another tool and reload it and reprocess it. But sometimes you do have to. So we want to talk about when it's important. Yeah. Sounds, well, sounds like a great topic. Um, very exciting. Free to attend as well. So anybody listening, <laughs> you've heard it and now. Time. Yeah, exactly. There's no excuse. <laughs> it's European kind of in the afternoon. <laughs> it's free. Get down there um, uh, and, and have a listen. Sounds fantastic. What we'll do, um, Heather, is if we'll put the links for the different uh, events down in our description great. for the for the show. Uh, what we'll do is, we'll also, I'll tell you what, to try and make it life easier to save people having to, to kind of throw into Google as well, we'll even put a link for the standards as well. We'll grab that, uh, put that into the descriptions as well, um, uh, and then people can access everything and, and hopefully leave some comments, feedback, thoughts, get involved in the discussions, um, and, and kind of, you know, uh, Heather, uh, uh, if, if you want, then uh, if you want to kind of give us any kind of uh, way of getting hold of you, for if, if viewers want to kind of get hold of you or, or Sans or yeah, whoever as well, then again we'll put anything in the in the description um, and uh, and people can get in touch and let you know what they think. Okay, yeah, I'll send that to you. So, but thank you ever so much for uh, thank you ever so much for your time uh, and letting us uh, talk to you about about this fantastic uh, initiative, this fantastic project. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Now I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, me too. And um, like I said earlier, just grateful to have Heather come on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, yeah, massive thanks to, to Heather for taking the time out of her busy schedule to, to talk to us about that. Um, really interesting though. Really great to see so many vendors all collaborating together on this yeah. issue. Um, so I mean those six steps. Um, I'm not sure. Really, I'm, I'm I'm very conscious of the time. So uh, 
but uh, those six steps that we're kind of looking at for that um, paper, kind of looking at step one, determine all possible extraction methods for your search authority. Yeah. Makes sense, so the first step. Uh, moving on to process the data in more than one tool. Um, obviously, Heather was talking about how you can, in some of those talks that she mentioned with some of those conferences and the events and stuff, how sometimes you might not necessarily need to do that. You might be able yeah. to actually validate on one single tool. Um, uh, I, I'm definitely going to be dialing into to that because I'm very curious to hear what, what they what, what's going to be said on that one. But yeah, uh, process the data in more than one tool. Yeah. Deep dive forensics, uh, where's the push button stops? Uh, where where the push button stops and forensics uh, examinations begin. Yeah. Uh, validation types, visual cross tool, call details, detail records, CCTV carving replication is step four. Five is reporting, sharing your findings. And then six is education, which I think kind of also works with kind of competence and training and yeah, and, and resources like podcasts, yeah. like this sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If we could issue, if we could issue CPD for this, then I, I would love to. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's something we should aim for. We should aim to try and get this CPD accredited. Uh, watch the podcast get CPD points. Yeah, um, that'd be quite nice. Um, but yeah, uh, if you haven't had a chance to go look at that document, though, um, really, really recommend you go and have a look at it. Um, and as always, link is in the description. Yeah, um, the guys have just done a great job of keeping it simple, haven't they? That 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 was yeah. the point Heather was trying to make to us, and from my view of the document, that's what it does. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And 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 Heather did also mention uh, the Four Mobile project um, and how the Four Mobile project is developing these kind of. Um, I mean, it's mostly predominantly the EU, um, but these international standards um, that I think tie in very closely to the six steps uh, document that sounds produced um, yeah. with everybody else um, and those but those four mobile standards very explicitly explaining um, how they uh, incorporate all of the existing kind of standards that are out there um, and kind of almost kind of try to help piece them together in a big jigsaw um, so things like ISO 17025 ISO 27043 um, and all of that 27 series um, of, of ISO standards, which kind of involve the investigation of digital evidence, essentially. Yeah. Um, just all kind of bringing together, including the ACPRO principles and everything else, yeah. into a internationally accepted standard, which surely can only be a good thing. Definitely, yeah. And you start looking at collaboration between, like, uh, the... Um, recent operations with EncroChat, um, you know, that was an international effort. Did you, did you see the best news story to come out of that? Go on. You must have done. That a man got identified for his love of Stilton cheese. Oh, yes, I did see that. Yeah. yeah. Didn't they, um, they, yeah, they yeah, analyse the fingerprints? They did. His and his yeah. Yeah. So for people who haven't seen seen that article, <laughs> I think it was Merseyside Police reported it or Merseyside. Um, I think so. Yeah, it was it, from a, in the UK. Yeah, it's from a chat chat thread where somebody held up a block of cheese, obviously asking someone, "Shall I get this?" And yeah, experts ran analysis on his fingerprint and palm prints and discovered who it was. All from a photograph. Yeah. On so an encrypted chat. 
his love of cheese got him um, charged. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. You know what? I, I, I actually, I wasn't obviously involved. Uh, I do love cheese that much, though, that um, if if it was either prison, go to prison and, and have cheese, or never have cheese again, I'd, I'd probably... I'd, I'd probably get my orange jumpsuit out. Um, yeah. I have to admit, I, I do love cheese. Comes with age, though. Cheese. <laughs> like all good things. Yeah. <laughs> Just as your taste buds die as you get older. <laughs> I'm not going to start commenting about age right now. No. Um, no. no. Um, anyway... <laughs> Um, just very briefly before we um, kind of move on to our next, uh, well, the, the, the topic that kind of links into the standards. Um, if anyone hasn't seen it, there's also an article out on Forensic Focus um, about digital forensic standards in Q1 2021. Um, again, link will be below. Um, and that's that article kind of summarizes um, a lot of different standards. Um, and a lot of different discussions that have happened from different organisations um, and publications that have come out about standards in, in forensics. Um, and I, I mean, I think that summarises it fairly. Yeah, well. is that, and is that okay? I think the best part of, of all of this is it saves everybody from reinventing that same wheel. You, you know, if we all mm. work and agree to them standards, that you know, it sets everyone on the same platform, doesn't it? So it's good. Yes. Exactly, exactly. Um, and as we know, standards uh, are very, very important and critical, particularly things like ISO 17025 with method validation and valid, uh, verification of the tools and your processes. Um, and, and very, very important for building trust in tools. See what see you did with, there. See with my tenuous link again? Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry so bad at this <laughs> but yeah building trust in tools um which leads us on to the topic of that has probably been the topic for the last few weeks really hasn't it in in the yeah. digital forensic world um which was everything that kind of happened uh with the clash between signal and celebrate uh which we can't ignore we can't pretend it didn't happen uh, it happened it was everywhere it was all over news outlets and things um and it was a I think it's fair to say it was a bit of a shock to the industry. Yeah. As a yeah, whole. I, I, I don't think anyone in the industry expected that backlash. Um, no. Um, and I, I, I don't think it's fair to, to criticise any specific tool or focus on any particular tool or vendor. Um, I think it, it, from an industry perspective, um, it, it puts it puts concern and doubt into the minds of others around uh the output of some of the investigations regardless of what tools you've been using yeah um which which isn't good isn't good i mean it all stemmed if you don't know um it all stemmed from some um articles back in december i think last year 2020 yeah um and, and there was a claim of being able to break signal encryption there was signal responding with a kind of no you can't that's not true and then there was a bit of toing and throwing and then all of a sudden this new blog post came out from signal who essentially reverse engineered the forensic tool 
I think is yeah. I think they reverse engineered the UFED touch, wasn't it? That, that's what they claimed to- yes. the back of a truck. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, and and kind of commented on 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 the tool itself, some of the the, the software and the code and the the exploits. Yeah. Um, uh, There's a few things that were mentioned. Um, about manipulating reports, corrupting data, the ability to essentially uh, set up the app almost like as a booby trap for the mm. for the tool. So when it's passed, it ends up triggering a load of exploits from yeah. the app, which but screws this, up the tool. But this is nothing new to the forensic industry, like especially no. with computer forensics. You, you were always expecting that the US the USB that was going to be loaded with a like kill switch or, you know, something. So, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's um. Yeah, I think I think it was. It's I think it's possibly highlighted a few things uh, that probably needed to be looked at anyway. Um, yeah. And I think they would have been looked at, and we. It's something that the industry would have got around to anyway. It just kind of forced the hand. Um, Celebrate came back and um, did. Uh, have a response and kind of uh, almost immediately came out with a patch. Um, whether that's patched things or not, I don't know. I haven't looked at it. Um, I, d- I don't know uh, whether that's done the trick or not, but they, they came back with a response, um, kind of reaffirming their dedication to the industry, to law enforcement, to um, people having trust in the tools. Um, and yeah, it's... it's yeah. You, you were right, Phil, that this affects the entire industry because if one defense lawyer uses this to cast doubt to a jury it, it doesn't matter what tool is being presented in the box mm. um, yeah. so yeah th- this does affect everyone in this industry so yeah but i think um going back to the the standards and um things like validation of tools um i think it really just highlights the need to do that um yeah. uh, because let's be honest anti-forensics isn't new it's no. something that's always been there at different varying levels of yeah, success so, so and capability cleaner, cleaner has been out for years exactly exactly that gets flagged on every forensic tool as yep this is yeah. dangerous um but uh, but yeah anti-forensics has been around all for, for a long time and I, I think just making sure that uh, investigators and, and laboratories uh, validate those tools with known inputs and known outputs, knowing that the tool w- is able to to perform correctly, and then validating and verifying those results, um, doing your man- manual checks as well. Um, I, I think kind of combining all of those things together, you, you're going to be able to provide the reassurance necessary yeah. to say, no, no, this tool has worked as it should have done. Yeah. Um, I don't know about your thoughts. It also really flagged to me and highlighted to me the importance of um, the competency of the investigator um, to understand what the tools are meant to be doing, and then and understanding how the tools work and mostly automating things that we could do ourselves yeah. manually, and therefore with the validation work having the ability and the knowledge and expertise to then be able to manually check some of those results properly so that you can then turn around and say no the tool has automated all of these processes but when i manually checked it this is actually what i got yes which reaffirms 
that the tool has worked as it should yeah. have done. Any, anything that sways away from push-button forensics, in my opinion, is a good. So, yes. um, The fact yes. that it reinforces that need for manual validation is a good thing. Yeah. And, yeah, and when, you, when you testify and give evidence, you, you can't stand in the box and say, I pushed a button. That doesn't cut it. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Um, I mean, there's, t there's time and place. Um, I think there is a need for frontline forensics. I think kind of that, that kind of uh, very simplistic kind of key um, turnkey solution, yeah. um, like the kiosk units that you find out there. Um, is important, and I think digital forensics should be a part of every every single investigators and officers training from the very beginning, just yeah. as important as traditional and, scene and forensics. Heather, yeah, and Heather highlighted that earlier, didn't she, with how many times you, you need to validate it. Would you put the same level of validation into a theft from shop as you would a homicide? You know? Exactly, yeah, so. exactly. So, um, so yeah, I... I Difficult subject. Um, I don't want to. I think I don't want to labour the point, but especially because of the time, we're kind of ticking on longer than I was we would again. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely what a difficult one for the industry. But I think so the, the the positives that have come out of it have been the likes of that vendor collaboration with the standards yeah. document. Um, everybody basically pulling together and saying no, we we can be trusted. We do have good decent tools we are responsible coders developers um yeah. and we have we have the investigators um kind of yeah they're they're they're, they're the priority they're, they're having giving them the the reliant uh, the trust to kind of use the tools um yeah. and try and support them in in using those tools uh, which was really really nice to see um so and i think it's a first for the industry i think yeah, yeah, I, th I so. think Heather sort of indicated that as well, didn't she? I, yeah. I can't remember if it was before we recorded, but sort of saying it was surreal that you got so many of the. In she originally she was expecting everyone to say no, we're not going to contribute, but yeah, yeah, and then everyone kind of was like, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll chip in, yeah. like cool, awesome, Feel everyone's like, here, like a scene from Anchorman or something. Yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's, it's kind of like the industry's equivalent of the Avengers Assemble or something, yeah. you know. Yeah, um, I thought it was pretty cool. So, um, yeah, awesome. I'm really conscious of time again. Yeah. We've nattered on again. I say we, I probably have. More so we were, we were going to talk about the FSR bill, but I think we covered the fact that we're going to include a few links to so you can have a read, but that's definitely going to be a top, topic for another podcast. We're just definitely not going to have time for that today um we no. have got a few links from the houses of parliament um yeah we're best leaving that because otherwise we're never going to have time um, no no i think we're pushing it as it is so um yeah. right on that note let's draw a line under that topic um we can always continue it another day that's fine yeah. um and let's now go to what i love my favourite part of the show, I don't know about you, but let's have a look at our forensic faux pas. So, I want to cut almost straight away to Heather's because she's recorded, I think it was three, yeah. 
with yeah, us. She told us three. Yeah, I said yeah, I asked her for one. She gave us we three. Stop. It was brilliant. Yeah. yeah. She was like, "Oh, I've got one more." Um, it, brilliant. Um, so, bearing in mind uh, how 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 long Heather's been in the industry, how well known she is, how well respected she is, um, and the experience she has, um, especially this is especially for those people who are new to the industry. Um, have a listen to this. Now, one thing that we are going to ask you, <laughs> you're welcome. One thing we are going to ask you, uh, kind of have pushed you to see if we, you wouldn't mind leaving us a forensic faux pas. Now, I'm sure you've, you've kind of heard about the, the, the snippet that we do, the forensic faux pas. Would you be willing to, to tell us one or more, it's up to you, um, of, um, embarrassing or amusing stories of things that have happened to you in in your experience within forensics of course uh, i mean up to you just bear in mind that we we are ticking the box on youtube to say there is no explicit content uh <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> just to say <laughs> but um but yeah uh feel free to enlighten us with your forensic faux pas you know i have a lot of them and i wrote a blog once and i made a joke i love memes i love making jokes and i put a meme at the beginning it's like i don't know more than you i've just made all the mistakes before you so that's really how i summarize myself <laughs> um my first one it was my first search warrant ever i was 22 years old we were over the border in mexico and my boss said, go get some hard drives and bring them back to me. I barely knew what a hard drive was. I thought it would be awesome and very impressive. I brought like 20 at the same time. These are old platter hard drives. So I have them all in my hands and I'm walking. They all shatter to the floor. Not good. So me trying to show off like, look. Oh, no. And part two that wasn't good, I didn't document which machines they came from. So I was like, oh, this was a mess. So that one's not terrible. <laughs> But one that I thought was going to end my career. <laughs> yes, my career ending one. So I thought this was maybe 2008. And my boss at the time had this rule where we had to learn Linux and use Linux every Thursday. I was one of the lower people to be billed. So they sent me to this huge SEC investigation by myself to image some servers. And I remember using Linux. And I called my boss. I was like, I think I'm overwriting their servers right now. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I think it's going the wrong direction. And I was, I felt all the blood leave my body. I was sure I was overriding and I wasn't stopping it. I'm on the phone with him. He's like, kill it, kill it, kill it. So I kill it. And he's like, read me the command you type. And I'm not kidding. I was like shaking. Like, I'm going to be fired. This is awful. And he's like, read, read me your command. So I was reading it and I was reading from the bottom up. And I remember he's like, oh no, this is bad. And he's like, wait a second. Is that where it ends? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, you didn't mount it. And I was like, I have never been so happy that something didn't mount correctly because everything looked like it was running <laughs> and I lost my mind. And of course it wasn't my fault. I'm like, this is your fault. I should not be here alone. I am inexperienced. And then the other bad one, <laughs> the other bad one was, Oh no, there's more, there's more. <laughs> and this one is more of my friend's fault. My friend's fault. We go, it was the John McCain campaign and his servers were hacked. So we were hired to work this investigation. And as soon as we get there, he's like, the first rule is never take down their servers. I'm like, okay. He literally hits enter and everything crashes. It was not good. We were in a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble. But then there's always like 
you get a phone, not in English, you press the wrong button. You're like, what did I delete? What did I turn off? So I've made so many mistakes over the years. And I always yeah. tell anyone who says, oh, no, you don't make mistakes. You haven't done forensics then. Because we all do stupid things. You just have to laugh, learn, yeah. and press yeah. on. And I, and I think that's why. <laughs> and, and that's what Phil and I wanted to cover with these is we wanted new examiners to understand that we've all made them and we'll continue mm -hmm. making them and, and that's just human it's true exactly exactly um, yeah <laughs> you know I wasn't going to measure it I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quickly throw one in there because the <laughs> I was reminded of this week uh, this was more of a less of a something that I did horribly wrong and more of a health and safety risk uh, through lack of budget um, and I was, I was in a, jo a job not not too long ago, uh, where I was having to do some chip offs on some uh, Nokia one hundred five, mm. um, and I was the idea was to basically get this this device uh, that uh, had been kind of almost crumped in half and, and kind of thrown to the ground by a, by a baddie. Um, uh, my idea was to kind of basically get a donor phone and move the chip across and then do the read. Um, I had an IR station in the lab, but our lab was brand new, uh, or relatively brand new, and there weren't actually really any walls anywhere. It was all glass walls, um, and they hadn't actually given me any shielding for my IR station <laughs> for anyone. And it, it would be impractical to get all the glasses for everybody and kind of oh, no. uh, have people just sitting at their desks typing away with glasses on just in case. So <laughs> there was no budget for anything. So I built a shield around my IR station using an, uh, an old cardboard box and some packing foam. <laughs> and I got a load of cable ties and, and it was a beautiful work of art. It was amazing. It took me like a whole afternoon, uh, but I built this whole encompassing shield and I even put a little door on the front of it. <laughs> and a few weeks later, we had um, a UCAS inspection for ISO 17025. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they quickly got it and they hid it behind the server. <laughs> and it was just like, yep, that's going to go up in flames. That is going to catch on fire. The whole lab's going to burn down. <laughs> it's going to be my fault. But the chip off worked. So that's all I say. <laughs> But there, there we go. Um, <laughs> Heather, um, those are fantastic. Thank you ever so much for sharing those. Um, we're thinking that maybe at some point we might end up doing like a best of uh, compilation, and, and I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure at least at least one of if not a couple of those will be in that <laughs> at some point. I think you could probably get a really good so, meme um, of someone dropping so hard drives. Yeah, that. That is a brilliant idea, especially given how much you, you've already told us that you love memes. Um, yeah, maybe maybe we can try and get that drawn up and you, you can include it in your slide deck at the uh, event. <laughs> yeah. um, wow, awesome. Thank you ever so much for your time, though. We, we really appreciate it. It's been an absolute pleasure um, having you on the show with us. Um, I know how busy you are. It'd be lovely to keep chatting. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, thank you for your time. Yeah, thank thank you. If ever you want to come back on the show or you've got anything you want to tell us, you want to send anything else in, then uh, just let us know and I'm pretty sure we'll be able to find time to fit you Thank in. you. I appreciate <laughs> it. So, no, pleasure. Thank you ever so much.
Oh, I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And we've definitely got to make that meme. We have to make the meme. I really yeah. want to make that meme. Yes, we need to get hunting on that uh, yeah. later when we're done. I'm, I'm sure there are there are more talented people out there who can find a picture of Heather and put it on someone dropping 20 hard drives. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Even if we have to recreate the meme, or yeah. recreate a photo, I don't care. Um, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. It needs to happen. I forgot to um, actually ask Heather, but did she actually incur an injury? Because dropping those hard drives back in that day, if you weren't wearing steel toe caps... That's very true. That's very yeah. true. I mean, I, I'm just impressed she was carrying 20 of them. Those yeah. things are heavy. And we were both busy laughing rather than showing any sort of duty of care to Heather to make sure that <laughs> she was okay. Yeah, sorry, Heather. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, anyway, um, we have two more that we did have in. I, I'm wondering whether or not we... Did, should we include? Should we read these out? Should we quickly read them out, um, or, or put them into the next episode? Let's I, save. I want to read. Save number one, but put in the anonymous one that I can't read. <laughs> okay. 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 Um, right. So I kind of want to put some weird music on in the background. You know, kind of like a sad, sad story kind of yeah. um, music, um, like confessions or something. Uh, so we did have uh, a couple of people write in, um, and uh, we will. If you write into us, if we we will try and include your forensic faux pas in an episode, even if it's not the next one that we produce. So yeah, yeah. Uh, if you have written in, and you don't hear it today, don't worry, it'll be on another episode. Um, so this was uh, requested as anonymous. Um, it's from ten years ago, um, and the person who wrote into us was writing. Uh, about a colleague of theirs or an ex-colleague of theirs um, and it's an advisory tale uh, for stories relating to PPE so uh, protective equipment so the person who submitted this had a colleague who unfortunately had a habit of chewing things particularly pen lids I think we all know somebody who's done that so yeah. we all know someone like that on this particular occasion, he was conducting a manual examination on a mobile that had a stylus. It was that period of time when phones were transitioning from PDAs to phones and a stylus was still considered fashionable and useful. My colleague finds himself unconsciously placing the stylus in his mouth while scrolling through this phone. So, phone, stylus from said exhibit and officer putting stylus in their mouth as they're idly scrolling through I assume doing a manual examination yeah several minutes later he stumbles across a video a personal recording by the owner <laughs> you just don't don't get me going this video depicts the owner sitting in the cab of his lorry taking said stylus and inserting it down his nethers <laughs> places where styluses definitely should not should go. Not go no. suddenly my colleague is now cognizant of what is in his mouth <laughs> and was a paler man than when he started the examination <laughs> as you can imagine 
He was briskly rushed to hospital for the necessary jabs. <laughs> I mean, that's that's kind of horror levels of horror, isn't it? As an examiner of, yeah. you, you don't want that. Nobody wants that. That's so. Um, I think the moral of the story is, um, wear PPE. <laughs> Particularly if you're someone who chews the ends of pen lids, get a mask on because it'll at least stop you putting that pen in your mouth. And, and anybody who works in a corrections or prison in digital forensics is instantly saying, This is why we bag up every time and glo double glove. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> can you just imagine? Um, so, so yeah, so thank you for writing in that one. Um, yeah. Uh, Adam straight away told me that he would never be able to read that. Uh, no, not on the show. Face. <laughs> um, uh, we do have more. We won't, we don't have time for them uh, today, unfortunately. Um, but we will endeavour to get all of the forensic faux pas into future episodes. Please do keep writing in. Um, I think that's all we've got time for on today's show. Um, but yeah. uh, is there anything else you wanted to add in, Adam, before we close things out? just a reminder of the email address so podcast.ctf at gmail.com for forensic faux pas or anything else that you you'd like us to cover um there yeah. we go we are we are on twitter uh we are on oh, we, did, we did create a twitter account didn't we we, we did yeah you did time, specifically yeah. Yeah, yeah you did um so we are on twitter um we do share everything on on linkedin we don't i don't think we have a we don't have a linkedin specifically no. but you you and i are both on linkedin so if you want to kind of uh, reach out and connect with us we share stuff about the podcast on there um and yeah please subscribe to the different channels youtube spotify apple po podcasts amazon music acast wherever not a vast like yeah. <laughs> i kept saying last time yeah not a vast acast <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, subscribe and uh, you'll get notified when there's new episodes. But uh, yeah, feel free to reach out to either of us, uh, connect with us, chat to us, uh, let, give us feedback, let us know what you want us to talk about and uh, we'll do everything that we can to continue supporting you guys and the rest of the community. So yeah, um, thank you once again for tuning in and taking your time. Yeah, thank you ever so much and we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you.